Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. everybody. I'm Rima. I'm Jason. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lock and Key. Today we'll be covering the seventh and penultimate episode of season three titled Curtain, because it's mm. curtains for the locks. Yes. And right. And close the curtain. Next episode is just all black. This <laughs> is over. Yeah. yeah. That's the how the show uh, <laughs> That'd be bold. Mm-hmm. So this this was an interesting episode because um I think you mentioned it last week, Jason, that this was co written with Carlton Cuse and also the creator writer of the comics, Joe Hill himself, mm-hmm. um, co wrote this episode. What did what did y'all think of this week's penultimate? Episode. I thought it was good. I was, I enjoyed it very much. There were some nitpicks, mm-hmm. but um, I liked it though. It's fun yeah. to go back and see the uh, keepers of the keys a little bit more, you know. And uh, yeah, it was different. You know, it was something we hadn't really seen before, so it felt kind of fresh. So and tense and and I thought the Gideon stuff was better than usual. So yeah, I liked it. Good. What about you, Pake? Um, net positive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the things that I, there are things that I really liked in this episode, and then there were things that really bothered me that I really didn't like. Uh, <laughs> okay. So again, it's just like I think. I mean, we've we've kind of nitpicked and talked about it the past couple weeks, so we might as well just round out the, these last two episodes. Like, what we're just yeah. going to dish into Keep what's going wrong with? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, there's just some weird logical flaws in the writing that just really stump me and make me like, but what? Why? Okay, whatever. At this point, I'm like, they don't care. Whatever, just yeah. <laughs> get us there. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's it's been a little frustrating. I I share that. I think there were some things in 
in this episode for me that I, th- I thought were were good and better, but then other you know nitpicks. So I feel like I'm kind of half and half. But I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of a Twin Peaks vibe from this episode. It was a little different, and I don't know if that mm-hmm. was an infusion of Joe Hill or not. But it, it felt a little different than some of the other episodes from the season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. there was some. I don't know if. <laughs> I, cause I knew Joe Hill is one of the writers and maybe that sort of biased me to like it a little bit more or was there actually something about it that was a little better, but, um, I definitely liked it better than the last couple of episodes. Good. Well, I think I saw a little, I mean, I think, I think for the most part there, what I saw online was more negative and I think it was because of some of the writing or inconsistencies, but I think they're I, I did see some positive um, things being said about it as far as, you know, some of the things that happened or the visuals and things like that. So um, I'll be interested to hear uh, what you guys think. But I want to I want to add before we get into our points that, you know, we, we talked about it last week, but it was the return of the Great British Bake Off. Yay! Yay! Yeah, one of our favorites. So <laughs> it's so catchy, right? It is it's just the best. It's just—it's like an instant mood lifter. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, we're, like, I, I watched the episode in case we get to talk about it a little bit later. And yeah, we're, we're, like yeah, like that that theme music and like entrance video started, and I was just noticed. I was like smiling. Me too. Here. I was like, oh yeah. I, I was like, oh, I forgot to watch. I better watch it for the podcast. <laughs> God, I got so much stuff to watch, but okay. And then a few seconds in, I was just endorphins kicking in, through, and then yep. it lasted through the whole thing. And I was like, I'm so glad this show's back. I yeah. know, I know. It's it's it was instant for me as well. So we we talked about it last week that the that it was coming back. It premiered. You now we're recording this on a Wednesday. It premiered uh, last Friday on Netflix. I should say. Let me just. Uh, preface that it it I think airs on Tuesday nights in the UK and then releases on Netflix on Fridays, so they actually get uh, a little bit of a, a, a leg up. So be careful of spoilers if you go. I tell you what, I got spoiled a couple times last year uh, from the like Twitter and Facebook accounts from Great uh. Off, and I was like, oh no, I can't scroll through social media because they've already talked about who won or who went home or whatever. But anyway, we talked about that we would still like to at least just kind of mention it, talk about it um, here on the podcast. But, you know, when we covered it last, uh, last season, we, we talked, I think more about it than what we had initially intended. And, you know, I don't know that we're going to dedicate that same amount of time, but we're probably at least going to just spend a couple of minutes on it. And I'm going to put just for everyone, and this is why I'm talking about it now, so that way you know where to find it in the podcast. Um, also, if you're not interested in listening to us chat for a couple of just a couple of minutes about Bake Off, then you can skip over it. I think I'm going to put it in um, after Book Talk, or not Book Talk, I'm on the wrong podcast, <laughs> Comic it's, Talk. It's a book anyway. <laughs> it's a book, it's a graphic novel book, if you will. Sorry, I'm still in house the dragon where we talk about book talk in a section <laughs> comic talk um I, I think we'll save that for after comic talk and kind of have it there at the end and if yeah. folks want to listen that would be great we'd love to you know 
have you so, listen to that and share it, but we haven't recorded anything yet. So just look right now and see how long this podcast is. If it's three <laughs> hours long, you'll know that we were not able to keep to <laughs> right. right failed now. horribly at trying to keep it short. It's so hard. We, you know, we thought we, we could do it that last year and it was like, no, we ended up going like 20, 30, sometimes 40 minutes or so sometimes talking about yeah. um some episodes we've already we put in so a much. good 10 minutes so far i on know this podcast. that's why I'm, i know that's why we're going to move on just want to give that little announcement that we're gonna that we're gonna talk at least just a couple of minutes i'm gonna do my best to keep us on track but anyway with that being said let's go ahead and jump into our top points for uh episode seven of locking key uh from season three uh who went first last week I haven't gone first since episode one. Well, then please <laughs> go first. It's, I forget week to week. I do completely. too. That's like, why I'm I asking. Would I, don't forget, I would never so. remember. So please, Jason. Actually, I don't really care. Who goes first. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Okay. So I'll start with Gordy, who, um, if you remember when we first saw him this season, he seemed hurt that he wasn't included in Ellie's friend circle the keepers of the keys. And he just seemed like a bit of a, like a milk toast kind of a nebbishy guy. Right. Kind of, I don't know, meek and stuff. Mm-hmm. Apologi- kind of guy who's a little bit apologetic about himself or something like just a little, not, not a whole lot, but just the fact that I guess that he, he came to her, like they were at the wedding and Ellie seemed like to want to chat and, you know, um, mingle and stuff and he he just came out with that so he was just carrying that herd around with him um anyway so then we wondered what 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 part was he going to play is he a demon or what (laughs) and so now now we see and we see this flashback of them shutting him out perfect actor for young gordy by the way yeah i think they they used the time shift key and went back and got Mm -hmm. that actor actually and just brought him forward in time for this episode (laughs) um he's saying you know they they uh they uh bring that caliban monster and then he it bites him and he's like you know you know tell me what was what did i just see you know it'd be great to feel like i'm not just a bit player in your stories one of these days i'm gonna matter to you and he's right about that he's gonna matter to them at least for this episode he's kind of like the star and then um when they're inside his, i'm gonna jump around a little bit when they're inside his head a younger mr ridgeway one of his memories telling him that he's he's giving the part that he wanted to Rendell Locke and he's like, Oh man. But then Rendell comes in. That's bullshit. I tried out as a joke. I'll drop out. And Gordy's like, no, no, I don't want to get the part like that. Even background actors have a part to play. So I feel like this whole thing with his story is like a meta commentary on the character of Gordy in this show, a side character in a show who in the show longs for the spotlight and finally ends up the star for a bit. And, uh, because in the show he's longing for to be more noticed uh, the character within the show but also outside of the show the character is kind of the side character so it's kind of a fun meta commentary but i don't think it's that deep or profound you know (laughs) it's just kind of cute unless i'm missing something but um anyway i loved how he's in his headspace the star of all the plays and movies with his name in lights and on billboards everywhere because that's what he wants, you know? And, uh, I was thinking, I feel like my headspace would basically be an Apple store 
That's You know, I know. Just a big genius bar. Yeah, exactly. That's what it would be. And if you want to see my memory, you just pick up an iPhone and press play. So I like how his memories, it's like you're watching a play, you know, and you see a little bit of conversation and then the lights on that part of the stage go out and lights come out somewhere else and and he goes off stage and then this new version of him comes on from later on in the timeline. That was really creative. Um, I like that in his head space, you see director's chairs labeled with memory categories, summer theater camp, awkward first kisses, Christmas mornings and life life's mysteries. And then I loved when they went, you know, for a while there, we were in like full Gordy world with a bunch of different versions of him throughout his life. It reminded me of Legion. Did that pop up for you at all? Rima? I I don't know that I thought of Legion, but I did get like a little bit of a trippy feel, which was very much Legion. It reminded me of that one episode that we really liked where, uh, David was walking through uh, his girlfriend. I forgot her name now. Sydney. Sydney's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going so her experiences. And, yeah. And life. Yep. So you kind see him um, picnicking with his mom with the strawberry and just showing they have a good relationship. Then he's kissing a girl and slow dancing with her at a high school dance. And then he comes out to the girl and she's like, how long have you known? And he goes, a while, I think. Well, you should have told me. And then Gordy's mom is just a phase. And then he's sitting on a car next to a lake with maybe his first boyfriend kissing. And then his mom, or he's saying to his mom, mom, please, if you would just meet him. And the mom closes the door in his face. And then later on in his life, he's unma- he's unveiling the new Math- Matheson High School Theater. But that whole thing about him coming out, I don't know how, but on first watch, I completely missed that. I guess it was so fast, really? you know, mm-hmm. but second yeah, watch. Yeah. I had the opposite effect where I was like, I don't even know what's going on with Tyler and Ellie. And then because I was so like fascinated with what was going on in Gordy's mind video. His mind video. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh, it, it, it was sad. You know, it, that's another thing. Like, there's a lot of things that are sad about this character. One is that his mom didn't accept that he was gay. Another one is that he felt like he was never seen or noticed and wanted and and then he keeps trying to get parts and plays and he gets turned down when he was a kid and also here he's like helping with this summer theater or whatever he's like can i just play this bit character no 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 so it's really sad and then he that's not even the worst of it like present day gordy i mean he seems to have done all right for himself this nice beachfront home but this woman, I mean, it's a trip. This woman who he felt like dissed him in high school shows up with some big mean looking dude holding a knife to her stomach and saying he wants a key that's hidden in your head. <laughs> so that's like, whatever. But he, he, you know, he did himself proud. Like Gideon picked him up by the face and threw him down. And he still like grabbed this blunt object and came at him. I'm not afraid of you. So he was totally brave, whacked him in the face with it. But then Gideon stabbed him in the stomach sealing his fate and then he still told ellie do what you have to do to save yourself so he was very honorable in in all of that and then she used the head key on him and he's fucking bleeding out and looking at his own bloody doppelganger confused as hell and dying Mm -hmm. and then dies and 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 then you know i mean the other sad stuff i kind of have in another point about the keepers of the keys but I'll just touch on it that they, they stole his memories rather than just include him in their group. Mm -hmm. And they, 
put this key in his head without his permission, which ended up leading to his death ultimately. So very tragic character. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. I'm going to drink one for Gordy right now. Here's to you, Gordy. <laughs> one for Gordy. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel bad for people like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they're good people and they may have this demeanor where they don't seem confident. And so they get overlooked or ignored. That was good. Pig, what about you? Uh, That was pretty much my uh, first point I wanted to make, too. Um, (laughs) So I was trying to see if Jason left me anything. No, I guess there's there's a lot of other stuff in the episode. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Right. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, But yeah, because I definitely wanted to touch on a lot of that. And a lot of that was kind of, you know, this episode really was just a huge bummer when it came to Gordy. And we're getting his story. I mean, you know. In the, in the in the past, he was like on the outside of his theater friends in quotation marks. Uh, and then you mentioned even when he's on the phone with that guy trying to get that little small bit part in some Shakespeare in the Park kind of thing. And even now, as he's older, he still just kind of walked on and ignored. But I mean, he still seems to be doing well. Yeah. As far as I mean, he's running the theater department at the high school. Mm-hmm. He's got a nice house. It, He's doing what he loves, and he, he he lived a life that he you know loved as far as he had a job that he loved and things like that. He made and the yeah, best that the, he could out of it. Yeah, I, I did love the headspace. A lot of all these different theaters playing out memories. I did take a note of a couple of them. Uh, that a high school horror show is running at Theater Embarrassment. So if you want to run over there and go check that <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> and then over at the Drama Theater, you I've can see the one. play. <laughs> you can see the play, Are They My Real Friends? Which, spoiler alert, no, they aren't. They suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find some other friends. Right. Uh, I wanted to touch on, I liked Kinsey and Tyler walking in on the performance, if you want to call it that, of Gordy's memory of when he lost that part to Rendell. Uh, I really loved the way that they showed this and acted it out. Uh, it was very theater on purpose. You know, the lighting cues, like you mentioned, the blocking where they stood, how they got up and moved around yeah. the way they faced mm-hmm. delivery of their lines with projection. Mm-hmm. Cause you kind of have to overact just the right amount for theater. Yeah. And they were doing that the way they were delivering lines. And I was like, man, that was actually really cool. Yeah. Like it looked like a stage production. I was like, I, I like the way that they played that out. Yeah. You know, that people in the crew or, you know, who are helping with it ha- have experience in the theater. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah, and then the the way that that ended with with Rendell kind of telling him, "Oh, you're not a you know bit part, and don't ever think you are," and kind of giving him a hug. I was wondering, like, is that just Gordy's version of it because he was convinced that these people were still his friends in some way that maybe he had a chance really fitting in with them, and so his memory is a little skewed with with Rendell being that friendly, or does that mean that maybe Rendell decided to be better to him because? Because of it's a separate it's a separate point that I, I, I'll, I'll cover later. But Rendell's a dick. At least yeah, he was. He <laughs> was. <laughs> and yeah, that, I just presumed that that one scene showed that he had some of the good Rendell in him too. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. It was just misremembering or something. I hope well, not. Yeah. And I don't know. Oh gosh, I don't have it in front of me, so I I cannot remember because I can't remember what happened yesterday. But. Aren't the memories uh, kind of unreliable? Didn't didn't they say something about 
viewing someone's memories in their head and how, you know, either they're from a certain perspective or they're not Mm -hmm. as reliable as to what, what you're actually seeing or something. I don't, I don't remember, but I, yeah. I feel like I, I don't remember if they've touched on that. But I, I feel like I mean, because that's just true in reality. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They are, yeah, warp. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, and then of course the lights going out, mm-hmm. literally, like forever. As Sam says, like, mm-hmm. "How ominous is that?" And you know, like, poor Gordy. And I was like, you know, we don't want them getting trapped in his head if he dies. Again, they do. Uh, <laughs> which I, I'm sure they'll have an answer to how to get out of that. And it will probably be something very simple that we just don't think of. That's usually how it goes. Uh, in the first yeah, few minutes. They can't of just the be gone. I mean, when Randall died, he had the Omega key in his head and they found it mm-hmm. in his ashes. Uh, but that's a key. So when Gideon asked Ellie, what happens if Gordy dies and he has that key inside, she didn't know, but we know that it would probably just be in his, head or something if they we at least know that if they burned him it would probably be in the ashes but we don't know like if you burned gordy i don't think uh you know uh bodie's gonna be in the ashes (laughs) yeah i don't know where the people are (laughs) right yeah what's gonna happen to them and yeah maybe they'll go in mirror world oh Oh. (laughs) you can see does that come back those sisters come back are we just gonna ignore that completely that's what i'm thinking yeah maybe maybe that has something to do with it you know yeah uh let's see yeah so you talked about oh we talked about the mind video uh which what we came with it because it was also it became this loop that tyler kenzie sam and ellie were trapped in where they couldn't leave it except you know uh they did manage to get out of it just enough to have their interaction with Gideon and get the key. And then they're back in the time loop. So I, I don't know how that works, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, as they're stuck in that, I was trying to think kind of what was going on there. And what I could come up with is I feel like it was maybe that, you know, life flashing before your eyes moment mm, for Gordy. Maybe. Yeah. Where his, his, he's shutting down, he's dying. Mm-hmm. And so his That's memories, like, yeah. all, all of that, like, if you want to, equate memories to like electricity or energy or power in a cell or a battery. Mm-hmm. Everything is just being pushed to that life flashing before your eyes moment. So everything else is shutting down. They can't escape because they're just stuck in that video loop because that's all that's left. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of was like, maybe that, that's how it makes sense in my head. If I mm-hmm. try to explain it, uh, what was going on, but then yeah. we talked about what that video was. That makes which, sense to me. I mean, or, I mean, it's just, I just felt like I didn't quite come to that sharp of a explanation for it. It was more just like, okay, he's dying. So everything's all chaotic in his head, but mm-hmm. yeah, it could be like that whole life flashing before your eyes thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the video was, was really sad. Like I said, I, I focused on it immediately. Like that first time I was like, I got to see where this goes. And yeah, it was where we see it's him and his mom as he's a little kid and it like shows it to be like this really sweet moment. But then you see that relationship as it goes on i mean he's dating this girl Mm -hmm. then he comes out to her and then she seems betrayed and upset and then he kind of starts with his mom about that and then she's being terrible about it and then yeah so he then meets this guy and things seem to be going well but then that's like his mom like disowns him or whatever being a uh expletive removed for decency uh sake no uh (laughs) you know um and just like kicking him out and i was like well you're better off she's trash whatever <laughs> but he's but then, just yeah, like looking it? for acceptance, yeah, and so from his adult, mother and from people yeah. who run theaters and everything. 
<laughs> yeah. So as an adult, it seems like he really found his place. I'm sure there's still a lot of sadness in him, but but it's better off. And then I was like, eh, remember, kids, family actually isn't that important if they don't accept and love you. <laughs> Just remember. Uh, but but all in all, it does make me kind of very sad for the end of Gordy, you know, and what he seems to face here. Because after watching all that, I was like. <sighs> Again, it's like this is a side character that we haven't even cared about or thought about. Now, after this episode, I'm like, he deserved better. He deserved yeah. more. <laughs> Which know? I think, as sad as it is, is good art, you know, yeah. to it, within one episode, just make you care about this guy. I, that's one reason why I like the episode and why I started off with that character, because I thought it was moving. The mm-hmm. whole thing. And then, yeah, I just kind of way it ends with... We were confused about the title last week. <laughs> we were yeah. thinking, looking at, forward to it, and I'm like, "Well, there it is. It's seems to be curtains for for Gordy. Final curtain call. Final curtain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was good. Um, well, I mean, Gordy was one of my points too. I don't know that I have a whole lot to say after you guys um, have already covered it, but you know, I, I do think it was sad we didn't get enough of him um and he i think was definitely a tragic figure like you were saying jason but we got a even though this was like the one only episode we really got um more of him than what we've seen before than just like one quick scene in uh other episodes of season uh he was a stand-up guy i admired that he didn't back down from gideon you know he he you know went after him with the, I don't remember what it was he picked up from the table, but when he went after him and he's like, I'm not afraid of you. I mean, dude was like twice the size, you know, Gideon's like twice the size. And of course he doesn't know exactly how dangerous he is, but he was literally holding a knife to um, Ellie's throat and he, he wasn't going to let that stop him. So I I was like, you know, you got these little bits of him and his character in this episode more than I think we have any other character in this uh, series. I mean, he had the best character arc playing in the background <laughs> while they were just running through his head. And he was still being treated like a side character in his own head, but he had like the best character arc. We got to see everything from whenever he was a kid uh, to growing up and his, you know, experiences with a girl realizing, you know, that he's gay and then coming out and his experiences looks like I'm guessing his first boyfriend or at least a b- boyfriend that he cared about anyway to see it on the screen got to see how he was treated uh by uh rendell and his friends um and and yeah seeing how he was still uh, how he was constantly overlooked when he was a teenager like he it seemed like he never got the part he was always the understudy because he's like it's okay he trusts me he knows i learn all the lines so it sounds like this is not the first time that he's been like oh you're just going to be the understudy um, so, you know, to, to see that this is probably a constant thing for him, mm-hmm. um, it was really sad. And then to see it again in adulthood, that he still, you know, can't even play, uh, you know, somewhat of a side uh, character as one of the soldiers because, you know, oh, well, they're supposed to be younger, um, was just like, man, this dude, he just, it sucks. Um, yeah. So it was just really sad to see that. And then to see... Uh, him having to lie there bleeding out uh, and and staring at himself. The dude's got to be totally tripping out about what the hell is going on. You know, he doesn't know magic, doesn't understand magic. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's got Gideon 
busting in his house with Ellie and uh, a person he knows from high school. And then now this, um, you know, he gets beaten up, tossed around, stabbed and bleed now and got a key stuck in his head and he's laying there watching himself die. I mean, geez. Um, mm. Yeah, just felt really bad for the guy. So anyway, that probably repeated a lot of what you guys said, but um, <laughs> that, that that was my two cents on, on Gordy. I'll have more to say about um, about young Gordy and the rest of the kids, but dude did something well for himself. I loved his house. Um, it was beautiful. I don't know what the guy did, but gorgeous beach, beach house. Side note. Anyway. Mm. Jason, what's your next point? Well, I think one of you guys should go first, so we don't just keep all say everything, and then you guys just. <laughs> <laughs> I think this episode was only what there's like thirty. There are literally only like minutes. four, like yeah, like barely. There was literally like just the uh, the points that we can make was what I came out to. Like I was like, we're all going to have the same. We're all going to have the same things. So not a lot to it. I was going to say, yeah, it's a very, it was a very short episode, <laughs> and. It all kind of mashed together. Go ahead. No, you. When you guys go ahead, Pake, go ahead. Sure. I mean, I'm just tacking on to we we've mentioned a little bit uh, the the younger uh, Gordy and uh, the the keepers of the keys. And so I'll talk about those a little bit. Just kind of it was kind of a quick one, but really I was just like, uh, Teen Rindle sucks. Um, <laughs> and it's just what you know, which starts off the episode kind of there with the drawing key which was like there it is again uh big props to jade for remembering that well what we all clearly just forgot about and moved on with our lives uh mm-hmm. but she knew it was coming and then when she mentioned that last week i'm like oh yeah that's definitely gotta be what it is and it was and then yeah rendell was just kind of a dick like can i as that like those moments and flashbacks kept going i was like can i be on team like rendell sucks I mean, hey, like, he seems to have grown into a really good man, great father and husband. But as a kid, like, what a douche canoe. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, you know, and Aaron and Ellie were not blameless either. I mean, they played along with the scheme of going inside Gordy's head to, like, show him his headspace and the memories. And, like, it makes it seem like, oh, they're going to let him in on the Keeper's secret and, and magic. And they legitimately just went in there to take the memory of this drawn uh, Caliban and then even the current memory they're making right there of him going into his head out just to kind of continue to push him to the side. And I was like, man. Yeah. Dick move. I mean, (sighs) you could say maybe they were justifying that because they've made some rule that just to keep everyone safe, they don't want to let anyone else in on their secrets or something. But then they're being really reckless with the magic. So it really just Mm -hmm. felt more like they're a clique, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, it did feel very clicky. And and in the worst way, like, that is such a violation to do to somebody without their permission, uh, both mm-hmm. taking the memories and leaving something like that in his head. It, it's yeah. pretty yeah, reprehensible, I would say. I mean, they're teenagers, but still, man, that's awful. Right. I know. Which I, I, I tried I was to think of, curious. remember that, that well, they're, they're teenagers and I don't know, I did a lot of dumb shit whenever I was a teenager too, but mm-hmm. man, it was just, it was hard to overlook how completely reckless that they right. were sometimes. Like, it seems like they just didn't really care that they were hurting Gordy mm-hmm. emotionally. Like mm-hmm. they were like, eh, it's whatever. 
he'll be fine. You know, <laughs> Rendell, yeah, came off like a, vil- a straight up villain inside yeah. Gordy's head. Like straight he was jerk. like smirking about the whole thing. <laughs> right. But I, I was curious and questioning because hiding the drawing key, the drawing key in Gordy's head. I mean, Rendell had nothing to do with that. Rendell was so on board with, oh, we're going to use the drawing key to do all this and, point, this and this yeah. and this. Yeah. And Aaron and Ellie were kind of against it. So I was like, you know, what? Why did they decide to hide it from Rendell's? Like, did they feel that it was too dangerous in Rendell's hands? Yes. They didn't trust Rendell. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, wouldn't he have immediately and constantly been asking about it for yeah. ever? What happened to that key that I had so many big plans for? Well, I mean, uh, it seems like, well, we know he didn't get to use it because it was still in Gordy's head. But I liked mm-hmm. that one of Gordy's memories was the keepers of the keys putting on the play, the tempest. And, mm-hmm. uh, you see Aaron with the little puppet that R- yeah. Rendell mocked using it, you know? So that's what ended up happening. <laughs> right. But I think, yeah, there, Ren, uh, Ellie and Aaron, young Ellie and young Aaron were sharing so many looks about Rendell just being so cavalier about bringing this little monster to life. And Mm -hmm. so, and then when they were in Gordy's head, they looked at each other too. And they, yeah, they decided to put it in there to hide from Rendell. That was pretty clear to me, but yeah, I mean, if Rendell had asked for it after that, they would just say, I'm not going to tell you where it is, or I don't know where it is or something, you know? Right. It just, Mm. it seems like as because we talk about being such a click that, then it's weird that this happened. I'm like, that is a quite the secret and like bit of distrust that was just going to sit there and yeah, like within this group of the, the maybe they like for however long they went into Rendell's head and took the memory of the. It's called the creation key online. The uh-huh. creation key out because <laughs> that's <laughs> how they roll. Right, <laughs> seems to be the answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was just kind of really the thoughts. Was I, th- I thought it was. Not really weird that they did it because clearly Rendell at that age was on this weird, like very selfish power kick mm-hmm. with the keys, and and it probably was for for good. But it is weird that that you know as close as they were, that that would have been kind of just like a seed of distrust that would have just sat there and grown. I would think, but yeah, conflict. We don't really get any more of that. I don't think we will because we don't have time. We have one episode left. I know. <laughs> Let's like, that backstory. As so. much as I didn't agree with the keepers of the keys behavior, I thought because I don't think we've really seen them fully like that. We've seen flashbacks of when Lucas killed Jeff and Kim, and then Rendell killed Lucas, mm-hmm. who was you know possessed by the demon. But I feel like that was just quick. We really didn't get a sense of them until now, or else I'm forgetting something. But um, did you go in my head and take some memories out? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so it was good to see this, and even though I didn't agree with their behavior, it felt it. it, it I liked the character. I liked seeing the characters. I I mm-hmm. wonder if the writers intended on having these characters in future seasons. You know, more flashbacks, and I would I would welcome that. And uh, I thought the actors were all good, and it was cool that they had some conflict just like we've seen among the teenagers in the current day, you know, like they could totally build more stories around these younger versions of, of the characters. It it feel more fully fleshed out. You know, if they sometimes, um, if they were all just on the same page, then it wouldn't seem as, um, fully fleshed out as what we've seen from like Tyler and Kinsey and Bodie and everything. So I kind of liked that part of it, even though I didn't approve of Rendell, it was interesting to watch. 
pick anything? Was was that's, that it for you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it there. So All right. I, I'm sure that you both have <laughs> <laughs> similar points. So there's like, I, I, I'll leave for you guys to expound <sighs> on those. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jason, go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, Keepers of the Keys. So it was interesting to me that they were in high school in 1995 with Collective Soul playing. That took Haven't me back. let your light shine down. Because um, I, without really thinking about too hard just it, somewhere in my brain it was in the 70s <laughs> because 30 years ago was in the 70s right <laughs> forever and always yeah. Will be. Uh. and uh i looked in the comic rendell was born in 1970 so they would have been in like the late 80s um but you know they moved it forward in the show which makes total sense uh so anyway the keepers of the keys are rendell aaron rendell's girlfriend at the time ellie jeff and kim are the two that dodge killed lucas slash dodge possessed by a demon killed by rendell brought back by ellie etc and mark who hit all the keys and then later killed himself with a matchstick key but here we only see rendell aaron ellie and jeff and we didn't see Lucas and Rendell young Rendell says, I can't wait to show Lucas this Caliban. He's going to love it. Um, I wonder if they just couldn't get the actor, you know, cause it would have, that's probably what would have been cool. No Mark either. <laughs> no Mark. That's the other one or Kim. Although I think we did see Kim in the memory of the play, even though she wasn't in the other interactions because there was one girl on stage that was different, but anyway, yeah, no Mark and no, no Lucas and maybe no Kim. And so, yeah, Rendell is, I have here in my notes, Rendell's kind of a reckless asshole who um, <laughs> draws, I mean, he draws Caliban <laughs> from The Tempest, from Shakespeare's The Tempest. I I guess because he wanted Caliban to play the part, right? They're doing a production mm-hmm. of The Tempest, so he's like, I'll just draw. Like, this character's hard to do. People do him as like all kinds of different things because he's half man, half monster. But I think... I read there was like a turtle version and <laughs> they just interpret him in all, all kinds of different ways. But um, he's a tragic figure in the play, maybe kind of like Gordy. I wonder if they meant that sort of uh, he's sort of an outcast, but he's also a monster and just, he does bad things in the play um, and probably not the best thing to bring to life. And, but I loved seeing it all snorty with sharp teeth and this evil smile. It reminded me of um, gremlins or ghoulies, you know, some eighties mm-hmm. horror movie, little guy and Rendell's like, isn't it awesome? And then um, I loved how he kept spouting out lines from the play. There's wood enough within. He knows his lines. That's the first line. <laughs> and Jeff's like, absolutely not. This thing needs to go away now. Get rid of it. Rendell. You guys are no fun. I'm like, seriously, God, you're even worse than the lock kids <laughs> with this stuff. <laughs> and then it bites Gordy. And then I love well, Rendell erased, erased it. But what he takes from it is they should make a bigger one. This is a trial run. We should make a bigger one. <laughs> Like they're going to draw a life, get a big giant piece of poster board and draw a life size one on there or something like that. Um, I, then my note here is they're kind of clickish dicks. And I think we already kind of covered all that, but I'm like, why not just tell Gordy what's up? And, and then, you know, he goes and tells Mr. Ridgeway and they just kind of royally fuck him over. But I don't want to repeat all that. I just thought it was really sad and it ended up costing him his life. I think, you know, leaving that key in his head. 
um, yeah, I guess that's all I had to say about them. I agree with both of what y'all just said. Um, it was a little disheartening to see, you know, Rendell that way because we didn't, we, like you said, we haven't had to see a, a whole lot of the young, uh, them and their younger selves and uh, young Rendell Locke. And I didn't like what I saw in this episode. Uh, I don't know what, maybe it was just adulthood. Like I said, I've, I've done dumb shit as a kid and you grow and learn from the mistakes and stuff. So the Rendell we knew um, or that we saw in flashbacks uh, seemed like a pretty good guy with with his head on his shoulders and so it was really disheartening to see that he was a jerk and i thought kind of thoughtless and didn't have any um care for gordy's feelings or anything like that um i don't like how they treated gordy um you know they gaslighted him they broke into his mind violated his privacy used him to hide a magical item that ended up getting him killed you know i was like that's not cool and i mean the, the rest of them don't have, you know, they, they have to take as much blame for that as to, you know, too. I mean, Ellie was really complicit in all of that too, having that idea to hide. I mean, what, I'm not clear, I guess. And I don't know if we'll see if, if we'll see it again in the finale, um, why they felt the need to hide the creation key. Like, is it, did they think it was so dangerous? Like I, I know Rendo had like this crazy thought to create something bigger uh, for for the play, but were they so concerned they felt they had to hide it in someone else's head? Yeah. Like they had to go to those links um, mm-hmm. to do that? They yes. Okay. I mean, um, that that's what I got yeah. from the episode. They kept looking at each other whenever Randall would say, oh yeah, this is great. We need to make, uh, let's make a bigger one. And they're like, oh my God, no, no. They were seriously okay, we're distraught. Randall's about yeah. to kill a and bunch then of people right in the before they hit it, Yeah. And right before they hit it, they looked at each other again. So, I mean, it was pretty clear to me that they were just hiding it from Randall. Yeah, he definitely wasn't thinking things through. I don't know how he thought he was going to control. I mean, they couldn't even control like this mini version of this thing. What are you going to do? With, <laughs> I guess he know. thought, I'll just erase it or I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Like maybe, you know, this because Rendell is such a nice guy and responsible person growing up. So maybe this is saying, I mean, you have that saying absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So they got these keys and just thought, hey, we're the shit or especially him, you know, and he just sort of got reckless with it but then when dodge and by the way that's also very consistent with taking out duncan's memories which i never Mm. totally approved of either but anyway um then maybe when the whole thing happened with dodge killing jeff and kim and all of that that just matured him real quick you know that was a turning point that changed the trajectory of his whole life forgot about duncan yeah so yeah that's that's consistent so yeah rendell's answer was always just control all delete mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> until that happened like, and then and then i think he yeah. became more of a mature reset. adult <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> yeah i i just it definitely just rubbed me the wrong way the, the way that he was behaving inside gordy's head you know and just being so thoughtless and callous about it um and I, I don't know that I trusted that memory that Gordy had with him where he's like, you're not just a side player. You know, I think that was a little bit unreliable because I don't know. I don't know if things did somehow turn around for them or not, or if they realized, you know, oh, we kind of did them wrong, but I don't know. I thought I, I just, I didn't like that behavior. It run me the wrong way. So didn't like it. Uh, all right. Who wants to go next now that we're out of order? Why don't you go? 
first yeah, this we'll time. Just like, I like that. Just <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to flip the script. You go again. Two ice in a row, Rima. Oh, yeah. good. Because yeah, well, then each one of us gets a chance to introduce a different topic. I mean, <laughs> mine is just, my last one is just really, really short. And it's just like the end, which we've kind of touched on. Um, it was a whole cluster uh, event there at the end. You know, <laughs> we've got Rufus getting arrested by the cops. Gordy, I'm assuming, is dead, and I was kind of confused by that for a while. Like, which Gordy went with the paramedics? Was that I even? Know. <laughs> it, it was funny they had to addressed it. Which one? Uh, I don't know. Both. <laughs> when they were well, talking it, about putting pressure on it. Yeah, I was like, well, does that even do anything? If if they're and I don't know what you call the 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 when the version of that person that's outside of their I, head do they have a name for that I called it some no i called it something in my notes and i don't remember well i say that, doppelganger but i don't know i mean that's that's a good term i think mm-hmm. the magic copy is what the i call it. Okay. <laughs> 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 well our copy there you go that's good too but you know uh, does that even do anything to, to to try to save that this copy of of Gordy, I don't know. Right. That I'd, I hurt my brain trying to figure all that out while I was watching They sent this. one in an ambulance, right? Yes. But it yeah. was copy. not probably, I would assume, the one that had the it key in the its head. It was the copy. The one yeah. That has, yeah. yeah. The one in the so garage. the one with the key in the head is your original body. Yeah. So that means they that might have been completely pointless That's to what, do anything with that body. Right. And then yeah. I wonder if he then dies, or if the key was taken out, or when he dies... Does that body, the copy body that was in the ambulance, just vanish? Because that's going to fuck up those paramedics that's day what real saying. bad. What happened uh, to the body? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, There's going to be a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Somebody's got some explaining to do. So, and then, and then they find it back at the home. This is horrible to laugh about, but we, we had it in the ambulance, Gordy. I swear. It was bad I swear as, we picked him up. I don't know. Bad as the keeper of the keys, making fun of poor Gordy and his death. Uh, <laughs> <know>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a fair question because yeah what 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 happens now and are I mean I okay they're they're gonna have to figure it out right somehow they're not gonna be just trapped in their head but you know it was it was very frustrating um, all of that as they're in Gordy's head looking for the key and I know that their goal yes was to go help Ellie and then find the key because that's what Gideon wanted but then once Gideon was trapped and they they are just goofing and they're all staring at each other when they should be like, let's get out of here. And you know, it's like, why do you need the key anymore? If Gideon is trapped, they could have just left. They didn't need the key anymore. And that, that was part was frustrating to me. And I don't think they presumed, I thought that was more of a delaying tactic. You mean just leave him in the head though. Leave Gideon in his head along with the key yeah, I guess so. And you don't yeah, even need the key point, anymore. Yeah. Just get out. Stone open, the, just make sure not to ever open his head again. Yeah. But what if Gideon is in there just like messing around with Gordy's memories and I, stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I just, it just didn't make sense to me. Just get out and then they end up being trapped. Um, it just felt like they were, they were, they were trying to get out, but it was. They but they, were, but they went looking for the key. While they were looking for the key, they wasted all of this time when they could have just left. Um, they didn't need the key at that point. I don't know. I wouldn't want a demon left in my head. Well, 
I, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of enough of them there already. Yeah, but, no. it's like I don't need anymore. <laughs> Got like but I mean, if they couldn't save Gordy anyway, I mean, sad to well, say, they, but it looks like he's he he died. So. He's dead, but they didn't know that for sure. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. How are we doing there? Let's uh, <laughs> rush them out. No, I'll just kidding. I was, you, you go. I, or, wait, I think it's my turn, right? <laughs> it was, I, I haven't yeah. talked the longest. Okay. I don't know if that's true. But uh, I, I'll do um, <laughs> it's keys okay. and magic. So this, what they call online is the creation key. We were calling it the drawing key. That seems good too. Anyways, uh, at first I wasn't sure how it worked. I I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention on first watch. I saw that, uh, Caliban come to life, but I'm like, well, how, what, how did the key exactly work with that? And then I'm like, Oh, the key's like a pencil. You draw it with the key. But, um, how does it know when you're done? Is it like your intention? probably <laughs> sounds right yeah and then to get rid of it whatever you made real you touch it with the butt end which i liked because that's where the eraser would be and um let's see one one of the sisters from episode one which i do think will come back in the finale um said there were there's one key that could bring a simple drawing to wicked life so that made me wonder if no matter what you draw, is it wicked? I, you'd think not. Like you draw an apple, it's not going to attack you, but it may poison you if you eat it. I don't know. Anyway, right. it's a weird yeah, way to put it. Did she mean that just like adding that word in his flavor? Was it literal yeah. word? Was she from She's Boston? She's from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wicked smart. <laughs> Brings it back to wicked life. Um, so I presume they will use this key in the current day in the final episode because they haven't gotten to use it yet. And also Kinsey's an artist. And, um, I also kind of wonder if that's why they made a point of showing Tyler drawing that like meticulously crafted blueprint of key house a couple episodes back. Maybe he will draw something, I, but I, I would guess that Kinsey will draw something. Maybe she'll draw and, a door out of Gordy's head or a door. He, out. Yeah. Something. something magical, magical, door or 
maybe they'll, she'll draw the anywhere key. How abstract can your drawings be? Like, I'm drawing the concept of Gideon's gone. <laughs> um, other magic stuff. Nina and Bodhi try to break into the Harlequin chest. I knew that wasn't going to work. It's a magic chest. That's the whole point of it. You can't break into it with power tools. It's defending itself with magic. The magical chest is defending itself with magic. (coughs) Who'd have thunk it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When they tried setting on fire, I liked that Bodhi was all stoked just to be setting anything on fire. Watching that scene, I was like, that wasn't even Bodhi. I was like, that was Jackson just being a boy having fun playing with fire. Like, he was (laughs) totally relatable. I'm a huge fire bug, so I told related to his joy in that moment of getting, uh, getting to set something on fire you should go to burning man there's fire spinners explosions fire everywhere pretty much i want to play with the fire i don't want to watch the fire oh okay <laughs> yeah. i'll learn how to spin fire um, <laughs> and uh you know when the rain came down and she said magic's protecting it i thought that was kind of fun and cute but also like uh, was it necessary? Because it's already impervious to power tools, so why not just be impervious to fire? And I think they did it to explain why they couldn't put it in the wellhouse, you know, because it does other things magical, not just being really strong and can't get in. And I thought it was such a great idea to put it into the wellhouse so Gideon can't get to it. And I, I presume the anywhere key is in the chest, so he can't use that to get to it. He would have to send someone else in, but he can't get it directly. But then it, oops, it appears in the house. And and then I was sort of like, why? Like when, I, that's, when they lit that's it on fire, it used magic to protect itself from being open. But if it's just sitting in there in the well house, it's fine. It's not in yeah, danger. That's, that's like my biggest complaint. Yeah. This episode was this chest. Cause I was like, it's, it's designed to be indestructible, but it's not designed to make sure a demon can open it. Yeah. Like, I don't, is it to keep it from? The well, sitting in the well house is doing zero damage to it. It should have stayed there. I don't understand why. Well, it was a fun moment, but it made no sense. Could uh, it have? It made, it made me so mad. I was like, this is dumb logic and I don't get it. <laughs> could it have maybe to protect itself from being stolen? I guess. Like, Gideon had the Harlequin key, so technically he would be the owner of it. So it would, st- I guess, stay stay there where he Stay where, it. I mean, the, the, but they he left it in the basement, right? And they brought it upstairs. I'm not positive about that. Maybe it was already upstairs. Maybe you're right. I don't remember if they yeah. took Maybe it Maybe it just he, goes back to the way where you yeah, left Yeah, he brought it. it upstairs to get okay, it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah let's say that. Stuff out of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm literally yeah. just no, throwing shit right. at the wall to see what sticks. If they would have just said something like that, it would have made it better for me. Because mm. it just feels like the writers, like I said last time, are like, hey, lunch is in a, a half an hour. Can we just get, <laughs> get this episode written so we can <laughs> go to Wendy's? <laughs> and, like, and then Bodhi has this really good idea of leaving it in the wellhouse. That's an amazing idea. But how does that backfire on him? Uh, <laughs> oh, crap. It's actually a perfect plan. I don't know. <laughs> it transports back into the house. But that don't worry about it. Just go with it. <laughs> so another magic thing inside Gordy's head, Gideon flips this piano on top of Sam in Bolton's body. And I had all these questions come up. What happens if you're a ghost possessing someone and they die? Will the ghost be free or will you be dead? Uh, What happens if you're a ghost possessing an echo, which normally can't die, but you get a mortal wound like that? 
what happens if you're a ghost possessing an echo and you're in someone's headspace and you get a mortal wound? What happens if you're a ghost possessing an echo, you're in someone's headspace, you get a mortal wound, and then the person whose head you're in dies? So there's all the, like, as, you know, as we've with a lot of other things, <laughs> there's all these different forces at play. But I, I believe the point was that Sam's dead. I don't know, though. What do you guys think? Is he dead or not? I mean, like he died know, redeeming himself, protecting the locks, you know, or he helping the locks. Because he's, yeah, he's like in the same boat like, that the locks know. are in, and Ellie's. So like, I- yeah, <laughs> he's in the same boat, but he a little different because he had a piano dropped on him, and he's a ghost possessing an echo. But mm-hmm. still, they're in someone's head. That yeah. So I mean, I don't know what happens like, if they're in their head, but I mean, if he di- if he if he did die, if something did manage to kill him, even though he's in in an echo's body and should be indestructible i guess uh mm-hmm. he would just pass on wouldn't he he's only a ghost because he went through the ghost door and and stuck there uh on on key house grounds if he if he uh, had an actual body and died i guess he would just like if there's a, a, a place where you move on he would just move on he wouldn't be a ghost i don't know i, yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> i mean i I think he's not exactly in the same boat as the locks because, or not because, but if they survive, which they will clearly, obviously, uh, that I don't think that necessarily means that Sam is going to survive either, but, um, I guess we'll just wait and see. We don't need to know. Um, yeah, I think we talked about everything else. I mean, there's the big one where Gordy dies while the locks are inside his head. And so it'll be interesting to see how they get out of this one. They may appear in the mirror dimension. That's what I'm thinking now. I don't know why they would, that would happen, but the writers can just say it happened. If if the next episode starts with them, they're in that mirror dimension and just be like, okay. (laughs) Sure. That's what happens. (laughs) That's what happens when you die. So that's all I had about magic and keys in this episode. I like that key. I wish, I wish this show was as well written as it was when it started. And then they had more seasons because it would be fun to see them do more stuff with that key. Right. Yeah. I, I love all the magic stuff for sure. Pake. Um, my last point, I just wanted to talk about, Gideon for a little bit, some of his moments and things this episode that I liked. Um, first time we see in the episode, I was like, is it stupid, goofy humor? Absolutely. Do I still love it and think it's hilarious that he is so fascinated with power windows? Yes. yes. And that was for sure. Uh, he loves himself a good horseless carriage. Uh, <laughs> I, I laughed at that too. I, I mean, it might have been a He's, bit cheese ball, but I was like, yeah, it would right, make sense. It was the dudes from colonial he sticks times, his head out you know? the window like a dog. I was He's, waiting for a hereditary uh, moment. Um, He's uh, he's. He's starting to realize the pleasures of Meat World. Maybe this will Maybe change his mind. Not want to destroy it, <laughs> right? That's what he said. Cars are his favorite thing about this world right now. Mm. Uh, it does get a little intense when he's making Ellie keep going faster. He's like in this weird, like adrenaline Thrill role play. Seeking. Pretend you're being chased. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's yeah. <laughs> hilarious. I liked it. Um, I like Gideon in this episode. Yeah, he was more of a villain and and mm-hmm. had more. Just more to him in this episode than, than other right. episodes. I think that mm-hmm. you know he wasn't as yeah. yeah. I know a lot of 
listeners have expressed frustration that they just don't really buy him as a very good villain and stuff. And I think this episode, he did a lot better. They gave him more. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Ellie, she tries to take advantage of the whole him sticking his head out and going faster. Uh, fails, obviously. You know, an immoral being can handle a little bit more than hitting his head on the dashboard, right? Uh, <laughs> She's desperate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned we see him more in villain. Like the moment when he stabs Gordy, I was like, he just fatally stabbed Gordy. I was like, there's our stakes. Mm-hmm. The, that's the brutality of Gideon yeah. that we've been kind of talking about and wanting this whole time. It's brutal. It's it's right there. Yeah. Well, he scalped that librarian (laughs) and that was Mm -hmm. pretty bad. And then, yeah, he stabbed Gordy. I was like, oh my gosh, that dude, if you didn't think he was bad, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked and disliked at the same time, Ellie leaving Gideon under the stage with Gordy's negative emotions. I think it was a really smart play and it was really a creative way of her getting out there and kind of leaving him behind. Although I don't buy so much that he would have struggled with them as much as he did. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like it because how did she know they wouldn't go after her and why did they not go after her? And how did she know they were there? And why were they just sitting there quietly under those sheets waiting for someone to discover them? (laughs) So it was an interesting idea, but I think in the breaking bad writers room, they would have come up with that idea, talked it over and realized, no, we can't do it or figured out a better way to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the piano he's playing is the one that the key is hidden in. That's just how it's got to work. It's like, we found the key, and Gideon is sitting there. For some as reason, an evil villain, piano. <laughs> as a virtuoso now. Uh, and then he doesn't think that that like, one key that he's hitting doesn't play is odd. Like As the group is wandering in, he's like, where's the key? Dang, dang, dang. I don't know. <laughs> dang, dang. Uh, but he still can't take the key, right? I mean, they still have to, he can't just take it. I don't know. How does that uh, work? Well, let's see. The last person that had it was Ellie, right? Or um, Aaron. So mm-hmm. I don't know. She's not a lock. So I don't think, so I think he, he could have. I just don't think he was clear. And yeah, then we talk about Sam staying back to, to fight him off while the others slowly escaped, turning around every few seconds. So are you sure you're not coming with us? Where do we go? And it's just freaking go. Uh <laughs> But alas, with much CGI, Gideon flips the piano onto Sam, pinning him down. Mm-hmm. A symphony of disappointment for Sam. Uh, of course, I don't think Sam ever planned on really coming out. His, his conversation he had with Nina and them, he he was ready to, to sacrifice himself if need be. He knew mm-hmm. he was like, anything I have to do, I'm going to do for them. And that means and he's probably tired of living as a ghost with nothing he was like if i can move on from this in a in a bout of heroism then let's do it i i agree i don't think he intended i mean i don't know what happens next but i think i don't think he was planning on uh leaving with them and if that's what it took you know um to save to save them and try to get a little bit of redemption Mm -hmm. so i agree Mm -hmm. with that but yeah, and that's kind of where we end with Gideon in this episode, too. So, pins Sam down and then is taking off after them. But then we don't know what happens to anybody that was in Gordy's head. Because, curtain. So, I don't <laughs> Final we'll curtain. That's good. Any notes? Anyone have any notes? Um, yeah, so, I... I 
when Ellie slammed on the brakes and ran into the forest, I thought that was a nice scene. Her, I mean, beautiful for a second is what I meant with the lush green, thick trees and, and quiet, you know, but terrifying. And, and then she's running f- just frantic. And then you hear <laughs> like that. And <laughs> that was effective for me. I, I thought it was creepy. And uh, then all of a sudden he's right behind her. And so that was just another little bit that made me feel like this is one of the more, I don't know, he's still not very deep, but it was more enjoyable Gideon stuff in this episode. Mm-hmm. It was for a good, me. good creepy forest. I liked that scenery and imagery. It was yeah, scary. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I thought the guy who plays uh, Bolton slash Sam is Ian Lake. And I thought he was really good in this. And he really had young Sam's vibe and mannerisms. And when he confronted or when Nina confronted him, I was moved by that. You know, Mrs. Locke, I can never apologize enough for what I did to you and your family. I'm more sorry than you could ever imagine. You expect me to forgive you? I don't expect you to. I just want the opportunity to help you and your family. Uh, I found all that touching. I also would not forgive him ever if I was them. Because you killed our father, you know, and my husband. Right. So, um, yeah, I have a quote of myself. I was like, if I put myself in the Locke's position, yeah. and I think what I would kind of say, or I'd be as like, I'm really happy for you that you're making something better of yourself, and I hope you forgive yourself and you can be better, but I don't want you in my life in any capacity yeah. for this at and, all. And like, that's kind of what she did say. Yeah. Like, they're really desperate for help, and the kids are vouching that he really is sorry and wants to help. And that's what, Nina said, okay, fine, but that's as far as this goes. That was like her right. line, you know? So she did say that. And, and I, I can, I can agree with that. And I think he had a moving performance. I, I believe that Sam is actually repentant clearly and wants, he would to the point where he would give up his life to help them. And yet still fuck you, man. <laughs> like right. you can leave me alone after it's, this. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. He's not seeking forgiveness. It's just yeah. kind of, yeah, because he knows he did the worst possible thing right. I do to this family. So his atonement is more just for him trying to make up for himself, his own soul. I mean, his own, you know, yeah, just he's trying like, to do something positive for them. Mm-hmm. And he did. He redeemed himself. And well, he kept uh, Gideon back while they tried to escape. But it wasn't enough because they couldn't get out. And I liked when he <laughs> he tied uh, Gideon's leg to one of those like pulley rope sandbag theater thingies or whatever it is what treachery is this bolton which is very shakespearean so i like that mm-hmm. you know the writers yeah. have a sense of humor and and gideon is english and lived much closer to the time of shakespeare than we do um but anyway what else i had a couple more i i wish joe hill would have been able to write more of this series that would be cool and um you kind of mentioned it but i liked when Sam said, you know, the lights are flickering in Gordy's headspace. And Sam goes, the lights are going out. And Tyler's like, thanks, Sam. Appreciate the update. And he goes, no, I mean, forever. That was a nice line. And then I like the last note. I like the moment when um, Nina said, so Bodie, when Dodge was in your body, the way you were acting with Josh, that was all Dodge, right? And Bodie didn't answer that. But I think not (laughs) answering was an answer. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it was a weird question because I was like, well, yes, because that's how body possession works Bodhi wasn't in there in any capacity however 
it's clear, yeah, that Bodhi was very uncomfortable with Nina <laughs> and Josh's relationship right now for his own reasons. But it's not how it works, I don't think, because I think when Jackie was, or one of them when they were possessed and then came back to themselves, said they were aware the whole time. Yeah, but Bodhi's was different because he was a ghost floating around on the outside. He wasn't connected to the body at all. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that wasn't Mm -hmm. even, he wasn't even there and aware of it. So that was, yeah, yeah, I retract my amusement at that line. It makes (laughs) no sense. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, because he, he it was nothing to do with yeah. it. But I mean, he clearly kind of knows what she's talking yeah, about. And he's yeah, like, so right. his non-answer is still him being like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, still not I, comfortable I, with like it. Like I wasn't or, there, but if I would have been, it wouldn't have been much different. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'd say it wouldn't be much. But he's <laughs> exactly a sweetheart. Right. Like he yeah, would never I know, treat Josh I'm just the way kidding. that Josh but did. He, but he 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 already yeah. he said he didn't like it. You know, before yes. that, yeah. <laughs> he was acting out quite a bit before the whole possession thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so clearly not comfortable. Nina's pushing a little hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other notes? Nope. Uh, nope. Well, oh, for him. Uh, I, so, yeah, I, I appreciated that conversation. I, I see where Bodie was coming from there. I mean, coming from somebody who has, as a kid, about Bodie's age, lost a parent and then my living parent decided to remarry somebody that I didn't really know that well, or wasn't that fond of pretty quickly. I relate. I get it. You know, <laughs> like sure. Kind of feel like you have no say. So really all you can do is kind of take it out on the, the step parent, the other person, even though it's not even gone that far with Nina and Josh, but still that's where Bodie's looking at it is going, Oh, you're just trying to, to move on and replace things and, and forget. And so I, I, I can totally relate to how he's definitely uncomfortable and not happy with it. Oh, totally. Even if Josh is a great guy, you know, it's still like, no. So I, I get that. Uh, yeah, Nina. Yeah, Bodhi turned to Team Sam very fast uh, after their ghost encounters with each other. But it the, makes the, sense the that Nina lesson. is still very angry and disgusted at him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah totally. Yeah, and I, I, Kinsey said, I'm not ready to forgive him yet. And I feel like she should have said, I don't forgive him either, but we could use him here. Right. I don't know. That's just me bringing my own bias to yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I could ever <laughs> yeah. forgive him, but but to be okay with him living his own life and hopefully doing better for himself apart from me somewhere else, sure, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see if I had any other notes we talked about much of, other than me just really hurting my brain uh, with Gordy's bodies, but bodies leads to think that they're dead and they he wasn't dead at that point but uh i don't you know tyler's which one do we you know it's like we gotta hold the the, the bleeding like, which one i was like well maybe the one with the key in its neck yeah uh, try that one if you're gonna pick one <laughs> pick the one that has the body right. the original body it, it was an interesting question it's like well how are they both bodies are in you know connected yet separate and i was like wow yeah. oh, my brain because I had to stop thinking about these implications of like, okay, so like the newer magic copy version of somebody, what if you died while the quote unquote real you has the head key in their place? Then do you die or do you just wake up in the other mm-hmm. body? And I was like, I can't do this to myself <laughs> right now. I mean, <laughs> really, there's no answer to that until the writers make up an answer, you know, right. uh, and they probably haven't <laughs> bothered to. But um it, it was interesting that inside the ambulance, the magic copy did have like a pulse and readings and everything. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what was weird. It wasn't, I don't know, I don't get it. But I was curious why even the the copy of himself was even injured too. Like, why would the copy of, of you also be injured? Because it's a copy. Yeah, because like, isn't that kind of just like the ver- the head version of you that can go into your in and out of your head while the other version is there? So is it a real you? Again, questions that I that don't have answers, and I just <laughs> spiral. <laughs> I know it's never ending. <laughs> yeah, and then I didn't really have any other notes other than just Rufus. Like, there's not much of a note about him other than just like very wrong place, very wrong time. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, The cops, I mean, it was kind of dumb. They're like, a guy opens the door with clearly in an agitated state and blood all over his shirt. And they're like, we heard reportings of a stabbing here. And then like, oh, you. (laughs) (laughs) Calculating, calculating, calculating. Ah, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Took a while to load. (laughs) Any other notes? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, until the next, we'll get those answers, maybe. I think they can wrap it all up in one more episode. <laughs> it's a tall, tall order. Yeah, I mean, it's not like some shows where there's all this story left to be tied up. Really, they just need to get rid of um, Gideon, right? That's it. And be alive. And then, you know, have some sort of a status to move forward from. So, yeah, I think they can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, I can. I I think they can wrap up the story of the locks and, and the, what's going on nicely. Yeah. Wh- whether we get answers to all of these qu- magical questions we have. No, and mm-hmm. I don't think we ever were going to get them. No. It just those are just plot to move things along no yeah yeah but i wonder if they'll well i was gonna say they'll like put all the keys in the harlequin chest and throw it into the ocean but then it may, wouldn't it just appear back in the house i don't know apparently now <laughs> but, yeah, it would. i feel like that they might be leading to actually banish and even say that because what if it happens but um where they decide not to use the keys anymore i could see that mm-hmm. show over any predictions? Locks and no keys. <laughs> <laughs> Season four, lock. <laughs> Any predictions for how they wrap I it think up? It, yeah, I just, that was my prediction. Mm-hmm. They they decide not to use the keys anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's a good a good bet. I've, I've had that same thought. Uh, they'll find a way to, to defeat Gideon, and then, yeah, probably just mm-hmm. come together and be like, these keys have caused nothing but trouble. I mean, it all started when Ellie used the echo key, really all of the major stuff that's happened here. So, uh, I think, yeah, it's just caused too much trouble. Bodie's going to be mad about it. Cause he's got such a young life still to live playing with keys and having fun, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. But, uh, <laughs> to not, to not do it, but Put them all in the Harlequin I, chest yeah, and sense. throw it away. I predict the, uh, sisters will come back in some way. And, <sighs> it seems weird to have Carly just go away like that. So maybe Tyler will go off and find Carly again and get his job back or something. I could see that. And then maybe Kenzie moves to England to go be with Scott. I don't know. Hopeful thinking. Yeah. Maybe use that anywhere. Like, key one more time. Do our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Cool. 
I guess we'll see. But he can't go anywhere. He's too young. Yeah. <laughs> He's stuck at home. Stuck with Nina and Josh. <laughs> He'll be a, Do you a, have a any sullen, sullen kid because he hates Josh. <laughs> Hopefully he'll come around. Maybe they'll make a connection. Um, yeah, I, I predict that too. I think uh, Bodie will make a connection with Josh. So okay, yeah, that, Jamie. I mean, him and Jamie. Yeah. Are, you know, you'd think that um, that would help a that little. That would bit. help a little. Yeah. Get a new sister. Yeah, best friends, and <laughs> that's her dad. She's all right. So yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, what about you? Do you have any other thoughts about what might happen or what you hope? Nope. Nothing. I got nothing. All right. Okay. Uh, so we did get uh, a little bit of listener feedback, a little light this week, but the uh, first one that we've got is from Lindsay Schlicht. Uh, she says, this was a much better episode for me. I'm glad we got to see multiple facets of Rendell. The opening scene and them subsequently tricking Gordy really made Rendell seem like a jerk. His later interaction with Gordy was sweet. If this was a different kind of show, Gideon hanging his hat out the window would have had major hereditary potential. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded Gideon's dumb head somewhere on the highway. <laughs> dumb head. <laughs> Gordy's head is pretty interesting. I can't decide if it would be fun or annoying to have a constant stream of musical theater <laughs> in your head. I really enjoyed all the bits in his head, the basement of his fears, the way um, the way that his lights were going out in quotes, the hidden key in a piano key, all very creative. The set starting to fill with blood. Man, I swear these writers somehow watch Stranger Things before filming. <laughs> Watching the mind uh, entrance blink out with everyone still inside was probably the best we can hope for in a cliffhanger on this show. Presumably, presumably, Gordy will make it so everyone can escape. While a far better episode, I'm glad we're almost finished. I have zero predictions for the <laughs> end. Throw Gideon and all the keys into the small portal? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, the blood coming down the walls. It it was interesting that um, Kinsey reached out and touched it. I felt like that was a very horror movie girl thing to do. Mm-hmm. And just had blood on her hand. Well. <laughs> is that blood? <laughs> yeah, definitely is. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a cool effect, though, come down the walls and then even down yeah. the ropes. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool effect. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate that. All right. We did get a voice message this week from our friend Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is for Curtain, the penultimate episode of Lock and Key, Season 3. Oh, Rindle from 1995. Whoa, did they just conjure a demon with this key? Oh, young Gordy. Very foreshadowing. One of these days, I'm going to matter to you. Hey, this, I can't believe they're just going to let this guy forgive him. for He killed your dad. Seems like kind of a violation that they his first introduction to the keys is taking them is them taking him into his own head. Why wouldn't they take him into one of their heads? Oh, that's right. They can take away memories. I forgot about that. <laughs> Creepy with the two bodies on the floor, almost holding hands, touching. Goggles, safety first before you cut into the chest. <laughs> but he's so great when she lights it on fire. Yes! Definitely a bad mom. Wait a minute. It's what? How is it using magic to protect itself? What? (laughs) So now we know where the title of the episode comes from. All these curtains they have to walk through to get into Gordy's head. Oh, clever. So she trapped him in there with with all the bad stuff in Gordy's head. It's a good plan putting the... Oh, but it's come back to the house. Did the writers say, you know, F it. We'll just make up our own rules for these keys in the box. Oh, (laughs) Gordy is dying. What happens if he dies while they're in his head? Now they got to find the way out. Well, there's not much time left in this episode. I hope they're not stuck in his head. 
Uh-oh. And we're seeing how the, his parents treated him weak. Oh, goodness, this is so sad. So Gideon got out of the basement. Now he's playing the piano, and he's somehow controlling this world? Got the key. He's tied up. Now run. Don't just stand there looking at him. Wasn't there something about dropping a piano on somebody? <laughs> Didn't dodge when she was a uh, uh, little, <laughs> little kid say that? So which body has the key in its head? The one still at the house, right? The one not in the ambulance. And of course, that's where it ends. Next week, the finale. <laughs> that was a good one, Steve. Yeah. Really good. Go. Very relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have no answers. Thanks, everyone, so much for your feedback. Hope to hear more from you guys uh, for the finale, uh, series finale of Lock and Key. Yeah. It's hard to believe um, we're here already. Yeah, I guess the one silver lining of the show not being as good this season is it's not as hard to take that it's over. <laughs> but I'm still, you know, I have a soft spot for the show for sure. Totally. All right. Well, that moves us into comic talk. If you don't want to hear any uh, spoilers about the comic or hear anything about the comic at all, then please skip ahead. Skip ahead to uh, Great British Bake Off if you need a little lift me up. But uh, <laughs> so, any yeah. thoughts about this episode and the the comics? Not a lot to skip over really? uh, for people who don't want to listen to. Uh, <clears throat> just, yeah, I mean, because all of this, I mean, with Gideon and Gordy and the creation key or drawing key, all of that is new to the show as far creation as, Creation you know, key's not in the comics. I don't know if, the, if it was. I don't think so, because I don't remember I can't it. can't remember that either. Um, so really, the only thing I can think of, which is, I just, I'm pulling out of my head right now, I was like, do I have anything? And I was like, okay, this, the, the, the Tempest. Mm-hmm production mm-hmm. and performance yeah. um I'll, I'll, I'll mention that just because it played a pretty big part in a lot of the flashbacks of because we got a, a whole lot more about the keepers flashbacks like almost a whole book of it um in the comics like a whole volume mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> they definitely you know, a big part of that was them pulling off this incredible tempest performance that nobody could quite figure out how they did it mm-hmm. uh because they did, they used like all of the keys to their advantage. Seeing, uh, they had like the crown of shadows mm. that like Lu- <laughs> you know wow. Lucas was using to like so like the demons and Caliban and the monsters wow. in the play were like all the shadow monsters. Uh, you know they, you know I think like Kim had like the angel wings on that she was flying around. <laughs> like so, there's <laughs> just a lot of like they would show just a lot of that, and there's a lot of references to it a lot. And I think you know the big thing that happened with. with Lucas becoming Dodge and all of that, I think happened like right after their performance because oh, wow. they were like down in the case so, celebrating after the play. And then yeah. that's when everything happened. If that happened like that here, which maybe we will see mm. something like that next week. Now that you mention it, you know, the aftermath of the play, um, mm. then it would make more sense why, uh, you know, like Rendell wouldn't be asking about the creation key after that so much maybe mm. right yeah but yeah so that's that's really the only things from comics i could think of is was seeing some of this behind the scenes of them getting ready for the tempest and using the keys for it and because it does play a pretty big part in the comics and we see what they do with it that makes sense i i know i didn't get that far 
uh, whenever I was reading the comics, I, I stopped before I got to that flashback um, mm-hmm. book volume. But I remember before that, they alluded to that production of The Tempest often. Like, that was yeah. very important. That was an important event for all of them. I didn't realize at that time, I guess it came out in that um, in that volume, that why it was such a big deal. And it's because they used the keys, so that mm-hmm. makes sense. But why it was like such a monumental event with them, why it was such a big deal, they kept referring to it, kept, you know, talking about or seeing pictures of it. And um, so that makes sense. I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder yeah. if we will get that. So it was kind of the last time the Keepers really were all... Mm-hmm together enjoying what they had before everything went to hell literally uh yeah it'll be interesting to see if they do incorporate any of that in the finale or if this was their way of showing some of that um you know without going all in to it i haven't looked to see how long mm -hmm. next week's episode is i I don't want to like look at anything or even see the description so i don't know how long the episode Mm -hmm. is i hope they give a, a little little bit of a longer episode the than time is it it's it's a little bit it? longer than these not a lot it's like 40 minutes that's not so much. it's still not- that's not much for a, a series i mean i know that they didn't know that um or i assume that they didn't know that but you know i don't know it's still a, a finale episode whether it's a season or a series yeah. i i would have expected at least nearly an hour we used to get nearly uh, like what 47 minutes to nearly an hour in the first couple seasons yeah. so it'd be nice to have have the time to explore that. Well, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Any other comic thoughts from anyone? That's nope. it. I've got. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's then going to move us along into our hot takes on Great British Bake Off. So, fresh out of the fresh- oven, hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> no claggy sponges here. Um, so, <laughs> no soggy bottoms no, either. No please. soggy bottoms. Uh, <laughs> this um, new collection that came out is Collection Ten, and this was Episode One uh, that that premiered uh, this last Friday. Uh, we'll be moving into Episode Two that we'll be ready to hopefully talk about. I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to to kind of come back. I know we're wrapping up Lock and Key, but it'd be nice to be able to get an opportunity to at least if not every episode, every other episode or something like that, and just do a quick hot take. But anyway, if, if you don't want to listen to our quick hot takes and quick conversation about Great British Bake Off, then you should skip ahead. But we'd love it if you stick around because it's uh, a lot of fun. Um, okay, so I just threw a couple things on the agenda um, as far as, you know, if you want to mention what your favorite bake was, if you had uh, a favorite moment favorite baker standout baker who wants to go first um i'll just say that i thought you know last season it took and in previous seasons it takes me a while to warm up to the contestants um Mm -hmm. they you know they're always likable but it just takes me a while to care as much and this episode i thought they were all great yeah. yeah, lots of personality. I kind of love them all right away, and it's interesting to look and go. Well, by the end of this, we're going to know who the geniuses are. I, you can kind of tell already who some of the super talented ones are. But um, mm-hmm. I was sad to see this guy. What was it Mike or I forgot his name? Will. 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 He was one of the ones I was like, oh, I like this guy, and then he, he left. So anyway, there's plenty of other like all I, every single one, even the one that got kind of upset, and I just need to 
be by myself. I could totally understand getting stressed out. I was glad that she kind of pulled it out in the end. Um, but um, I, I don't know. For standouts, I kind of liked Sandro. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy, um, Dawn, the older woman. I thought she was really funny and could keep up in there with Noel. Uh, most people, he shoots out a couple jokes and by that time they just he don't know what the hell to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she kept kept in there and then carol with the pink and purple hair she she's such a great uh baker and so those were the three that stood out to me it's awesome <clears throat> pink what about you yeah uh i tried to keep short on things. It was like, I have like 10 notes and that's way too many. Uh, so I know I gotta go. your favorite. But if I just run, th- yeah, run through quick. Uh, um, yeah, I think definitely my favorites. Uh, Sandro is a beautiful human being. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, like, I think he's my favorite. Just like watching. I was like, yeah, that guy is really cool. Uh, but then others. Yeah. Carol, you mentioned with the, the you know, <laughs> I just I looked at it. I was like, there's Penny from the future. That's our, <laughs> Yeah, I thought about that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Penny from Podcastica. Uh, yeah, yeah. I loved her line. Who doesn't like coffee and walnut? Unless you don't like coffee and are allergic to nuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, she's great. And then uh, Yanush, I pre- I predicted Star Baker and elimination before they happened. I, I kind of figured yeah. the way that it would go, mm. and he got Star Caker of the Bake Week. Oh my week, gosh, so that was wasn't that him. adorable, Star Caker? Uh. The bake week. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so those are kind of my favorites there. And then Prubaka will forever live in Yeah, my so funny. They get so that creative. was the best part of that. She did that really well. That yeah. is not easy to do. I think we've all tried a Chewbacca, you know, at one point or another. Yeah. That was pretty good. Hilarious. <laughs> I like how they do the themes uh, before all the shows, and that one was fun. Um, anything else you want to add there, Paik? Uh, that's about okay. it. Keep it short. I know. Hot takes, right? <laughs> short and positive. Short and positive. There we go. <laughs> well, I like y'all. Uh, I, I loved all the bakers. I, I thought, yeah, sometimes it takes me just an episode or two, but I, I really related to a lot of them. I thought it was a great group. They do a great job of getting really great personalities, um, distinctive personalities, but you love all of them. I really mm-hmm. liked Janus. Even before he, he won, I was like, I don't know something about that guy. He's, you know, I I like him. He's got a very sweet personality. He just seems like a very, very sweet person. And I thought he was just absolutely adorable. And then, of course, his line there at the end when he um, called his partner and said he wants to caker the big week. I'm like, oh, that's it. You know, I'm going to be watching you. I really liked Rebs, though. She's a young girl from Ireland. Uh, mm. I was really rooting for her, really, really. I was like, oh, I just give her a chance. She's making some mistakes, but please give her a chance. I really wanted her to pull through, and she did. Mm. thought she was great. I thought Shabira was really great, though, too. And, yeah, especially uh, with that freaking red velvet cake. That was my favorite That was bake. so masterful. She got, Paul's like, this is it. Yep. And she's like, so this is wanted the height on that red <laughs> velvet cake was yep. beautiful. And I, oh, I love red velvet I cake. I wanted to eat it. That's my favorite bake too, just to get it out of the way. Mine too. Her oh, red man. velvet cake. <laughs> you guys can have it. That's yeah. Don't like that's, red velvet. No, it's like literally. Yeah, I said red velvet's easily my least favorite. Oh no. Cake, but. Well, there were a lot of good things to love um, from the, the signature <laughs> yeah. to the technical, and then 
Um, Carol had her home cake. I kind of missed it, and I, I'm not watching these twice, or you know, because we're trying yeah. to do it quick. But she had some cake with coffee, and it burned or something. It burned his mouth or something. Uh, but they still liked it anyway. <laughs> or did I misinterpret that? Yeah, he was just saying the coffee is like strong. really strong. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that. <laughs> I like hot yeah. things and coffee things. Yeah, thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, I was definitely falling for the red velvet cake. I would have eaten all of them regardless because I, <laughs> I love them. Love red velvet cake. And then yeah, poor Will, uh, first one to go. That was that was a bit of a bummer, but great things. I'm excited. Uh, like we were just kind of chatting about uh, there in the beginning was it's just the show such a mood lifter for me. Uh, I was have been super tired and in a not great mood today and then as soon as that came on i was just like ah, you know <laughs> immediate smile on my face and so i love this show um love all of them did you notice at the end they did a little like placard there at the end for um mm-hmm. uh, a woman named chloe avery so I, I looked her up just for everyone's awareness that was sad um apparently she chloe avery was a longtime culinary producer for love productions and that's the production company behind the great british Bake Off. she passed away on august 22nd of this year um from cancer um hashtag cancer sucks um but she was a vital part of the success of great british bake-off um as i mentioned she was a culinary producer but she also worked in the same role uh, of some of the show's spinoffs like great american baking show and her role as culinary producer was to uh, she determined the signature and showstopper challenges for each episode oh wow yeah and she had to make sure that each baker had the ingredients and supplies needed for their bakes um Chloe's attention to detail and desire to see the bakers succeed unlikely went uh, unnoticed by viewers, but rest assured, Great British Baking Show wouldn't have been the phenomenon that it was without her magical touch. So um, that was a nice little dedication they had for her. Thought it was yeah. worth mentioning, um, and really sad for for her family. So yeah, so I I'm gonna do. I had a few other random notes, so I'll do it just like we do our notes. Um, so Sue and Mel were the host for seven. This is actually the 13th uh, season in American parlance. They call it series in the UK. Sue and Mel were the host for the first seven. They were great. If you never saw those, um, but Noah Fielding's the best and this is his sixth. So they did seven. He did six. I'm always afraid he's going to leave. Maybe he'll do one more and be like, okay, I match them. (laughs) Um, Matt lost weight. Yeah, he did. Right. Mm -hmm. He looks good. Uh, the Dawn, the older woman, they showed her home and she had these sugar figurines. Those were incredible that she let her da- granddaughter play with. Looked like a frog or something. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. I loved when Paul shook his own hand over his blueberry muffins. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I loved when Maxie was all, oh, you, uh, I was so scared to come up here. And then she walked away and he goes, boo. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's all. Paul Hollywood. Nice. He never disappoints. <laughs> that was great. Great to talk about the show again. I'm so happy it's back on. Like I said, it's a great mood lifter. Mm-hmm. All right. Next week on the podcast, we'll be covering season three, episode eight, the lock and key series finale entitled Farewell. Bit of a Ooh. bummer seeing it black and white like that, for better or worse. Right. Kind of sad. <laughs> We're here. It happens. Yep, it's sad here. To see it go. Yeah, I'm always sad when 
a show I cover is is over. Put so much time and energy into it, and then it's just gone. Yeah, it's like a breakup. Okay. <laughs> Watch it tonight with a pint of ice cream. And <laughs> celebration of end of an era. Nice idea. There you go. Idea. <laughs> well, we are excited for you to follow us in the Key House. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. What's going on at podcastica right now? Well, Andor just came out today, yeah. the star Wars show. And I watched the first 15 or 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it is good really i watched the first it's episode so they dropped good. three episodes so and it's very gritty and you know one thing i loved about rogue one the movie was how it brought this gritty element to star wars i mean star wars was already gritty for its time for, for sci-fi but even more so and it's very mature and seems well written and um you know, it's a very, it's a contrast to like the Mandalorian, which is also great, but feels more like a kid's adventure. And this just feels more adult and it's, it's seedy underbelly kind of thing. And man, I'm loving it. I mean, it's only 20 minutes, so I don't know, <laughs> but you saw the whole first episode. I watched the whole first episode and yeah, I would highly agree with that. Uh, I'm excited to watch the, uh, the other two. Because I think, yeah, because uh, Jonathan and James are covering all three together in their first episode. That's right. So. Yeah. And they're, I think they're going to be recording uh, tomorrow. So get your comments in quick on that one. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash podcastica. But yeah. But I'm excited to, to see what happens with this show. And already knowing it's like 12 episodes here and then they already have a season two planned, I think. Yeah. So. And I think they want, I think I read they want to do five. And, it, you know, of course, leads up to Rogue One. So if you saw that, you know what happens. That's all I'm going to say. But um, <laughs> it's a prequel to Rogue One. Rogue One was one of my favorites, uh, like standalone. And I, it yeah. just, it's got a special place in my heart. I thought it was absolutely fabulous. So I was excited uh, for the series. Now, I didn't watch any trailers, though. Uh, so I am I would be going in completely just green to the whole thing. But I keep hearing fantastic things and then to hear you guys um talk about how much you love it so far uh, that makes me really want to dig in i hope i can find yeah. some freaking time to watch i it. know they're shorter um, episodes they? like they're not super 45 super minutes okay. um well. yeah and and jonathan uh Bukalil, he's australian if you've ever heard him on any of our podcasts he has this deep voice that's and with the australian accent I mean, it doesn't even matter what he's talking about. You'll enjoy listening to him. But he's also a huge Star Wars fan, and his buddy James is on with him. And he, I think he works on the Star Trek shows or something. Yeah, I don't I know. I like, yeah. yeah, but anyway, um, they're a pleasure to listen to. And I, and I wasn't going to be able to cover this show, even though we covered Boba Fett and Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi, because we have too many other things going on. So when Jonathan stepped up and wanted to do it, I was like, yes, perfect. And so now that it's such a great show, I'm going to kick him off and I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm excited. You're definitely going to try to squeeze yourself into an episode or two. <laughs> well, he asked me to come on for some, so I'll definitely go on for some. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is exciting. A lot of new content coming out of podcasts. It is a busy, busy time for all of us at Podcastica mm-hmm. right now. So no shortage of great yeah. content being published, that's for sure. Um, and speaking of great content and great podcasts, Paik, you, 
what do you and Daphne have going on at Run For Your Lives this week? Yeah, um, we are nearing another season finale of Yay! our own. Um, and so the last movie that we do of each season, because we kind of wrap it up with a you know look back special that we'll do next week. And we've got a special uh, 100th episode coming up after that. That's so exciting. So that'll be fun. But yeah, but this uh, this is our last movie of the season. And we always end it on a Tremors movie. So we have worked our way up to Tremors 5, Bloodlines. Uh, it's the introduction of Jamie Kennedy into the Tremors <laughs> franchise in that universe. Uh, it's just, God, they're... They're my guilty pleasure movies to the fact that it's not even guilty. I just, I just I, love them. I don't They're blame guilty pleasures. Just ridiculous love what you love. And I love them. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so it's always fun to go in and, and watch these. So yeah, Tremors 5, we've worked our way to. So that'll be out on Friday. And then, yeah. Awesome. Then the next week, look back special. And then the Monday after that, we've got a special 100th episode that we'll, I'll talk about more oh, later. Oh, how awesome. fun. That is so cool. You guys are at, at almost at 100 already. Mm-hmm. That's great. All right, that is our show. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Jason. I'm Pig. And Adrian Triffett is strange indeed.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.